Our Heavenly Father, we are thy children, and we come to thee bringing our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Thou hast made us, and thy love of us is unceasing. Thy love is the light of our life, and thy grace the strength of our hearts. Save us from forgetting thee and thy claims upon us. May we welcome our common duties and discharge them as in thy sight. Rejoice in the ties of kinship, which binds us to one another, and never forget them. Courageously face our difficulties and carefully redeem the time, seeing that the days are evil. Help us to resist every temptation, and especially those that assail our thoughts and stain our imagination. Give us power to hush the tumults of the flesh and fortitude to bear the burden, burdens of life cheerfully. Deliver us from anxiety about the future and strengthen us in the conviction that all things work together for good for those that love thee. Enable us to profit by thy patience and loving discipline. Fill us with the mind of Jesus and make us ready for any sacrifice for the kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Quicken us, O Lord, that we may seek first thy kingdom and thy righteousness and calmly wait thy will in the assurance that whatever else is best will be given us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought that prayer is so appropriate for the times that we're in right now. And, and to piggyback on that, I want to read today's devotional because it kind of follows through with that when it uses the scripture out of Matthew eleven twenty nine, take the yoke I give you. And it says, yoke together with Jesus. Jesus spoke to people who had given up on religion, people who were burned out trying and failing to observe a long list of rules and regulations. Here it was, he told them, if you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. Take the yoke I give you, put it on your shoulders and learn from me. I am gentle and humble and you will find rest. This yoke is easy to bear and this burden is light. The yoke Jesus spoke of was a harmless that went, a harness, I'm sorry, that went around the necks of two oxen so that they could pull the plow in the same direction. In each team of oxen, one was the leader and the other would follow. There is an important lesson here. Don't miss it. Jesus will take the lead, but you must stay in sync with him to enjoy his blessings on your life. He promises his yoke won't choke you. It won't be wearisome or confining, and you won't chafe under it. In fact, if you want to be truly free, you must let yourself be yoked to Jesus by submitting your will to his but it doesn't work to accept Christ's yoke for a while for a while and then start pulling the other way when things don't go the way you want 
when you do the load gets heavier and you start to feel worn out peace and rest come when you relax in the yoke and let christ lead jesus said you will find rest that means your options are to resist are to resist him or to resist i'm sorry your options are to resist him or rest in him which will it be amen praise the lord okay we are in um second timothy chapter four while i was uh, away i had the opportunity to to go to jensen's franklin's church for for service and i was really blessed by he had herschel walker uh, on stage with him interviewing him because he's going to be running for the u.s senate and so he was, he was talking about his, um, his life, his past life before Christ and, and, and how he was such a mess. And he said a hot mess and uh, what God shown in him in his life before he actually accepted Jesus Christ as his, as his Lord. But his whole motivation for running for Senate, he says, because with all of the um, uh, people are protesting, um, he says there's a righteous protest, but the protesting is going on where they're looting, killing, and all of that, but it's being lifted up like it's righteous for your rights. And he says, all in the attempt to stop church. That's the first time I've heard someone that wasn't in the religious sector that made that pronouncement. And I was so happy to hear that from him because it is a true fact, but you can't get us believers to, to realize that. And um, so we're falling for the hype. And therefore, um, church is, is going down because people have bought into the fear and all that goes along with it and they don't realize the underlying motivation for those leaders is to stop church it always has been but what we do is going to determine what happens in the future amen and even our lesson today kind of reminds me of this and we're in second uh, timothy Chapter 4, last, the last time I stopped, uh, taught on this, we did verses 1 through 8. So we're going to do 9 through 22. And uh, 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 22. And uh, the title of this message is, The Lord Shall Deliver. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to uh, read the scriptures and then go back. And so Paul is speaking to... Timothy and the preachers or the leaders of the church, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. And this is, he's, is uh, particularly is, in, is to Timothy. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dal Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee. 
for he is profitable for me to this ministry. Which that, that phrase there, that verse there is very, very important because earlier he didn't want Mark with him because Mark wasn't sold out to, to the work of the ministry at the time. At some point, Mark got the revelation and got on board and turned out to be top-notch. <laughs> and Titius have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou where also, for he have greatly withstood our words. I mean, he had turned. He was working for Christ, but he turned, okay? At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly king, until his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Prisca and Aquila and the, and the household and Nisphorus. Eratus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Melitentum sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Ebulus greeted thee, and Putins, and Linus, and Claudia, these are some Greek names, <laughs> and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. And I'm going to, I brought Jeremiah's book, Bible, because I want to read his commentary concerning concerning these scriptures. So I just wanted to bring a few notes. When Paul is talking to Timothy, when he's telling him, I need you to come to me shortly. You know, when he was taken in captivity in prison, there are things he didn't have with him that he needed. And so that cloak was one of them. But besides the Old Testament, it was the book and the parchment was the scripts that he had started writing uh, the new epistles on. Okay. So, it's this, Paul makes three personal requests for Timothy, who was at Ephesus, which was about a thousand miles away from where Paul was, and so the journey would, would take several weeks. But he asked him to come soon. <laughs> that was the first plead, come soon. The second was to um, have, uh, put Mark in place and bring Mark, because he is profitable to the ministry. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Isn't that something, you see, when you wait patiently on the Lord and wait and let the Lord finish the work he begins in you, he prepare you to do something greater. And so all of the who you were before changes, okay? And, and then he tells him to bring cloak, of books and parchment, which I explained that to you. Okay, now I'm going to read out of uh, Jeremiah's Bible. And bear with me because this is definitely a teaching moment, and I pray that you get the revelation that I believe God wants us all to have 
during this particular time. So um, I'm going to read the, his commentary, 9 to 15. And uh, it says, serving God often produces loneliness. Although the Lord ultimately strengthens his servants, human friendships provide further courage to face the hardships and disappointments of ministry. That was what they were supposed to do, but he only was left with a few. He started out with a lot, left with a few. He said, Paul named 17 people here in indicating how important his friendships are to him. Timothy and Onesiphorus were, were among the few who widely ministered to Paul and remained true in his, Paul's, darkest hours. Amen. It says, Paul was separated for some of his co-laborers, which was Chrysanthemum, Titus, Mark, Titius, Carpus, simply because they were fulfilling the ministry duties he had assigned them. Demons was a, a fair-weather friend and a fair-weather follower of Christ. Now, those two terms, fair-weather friend and fair-weather follower of Christ, was the reason why he fell, or some of them fell, and could go back into the world because they were, in, they were coming to church, but their minds and their souls were still connected to the world. So coming into the building don't make you a Christian. It's what you do with what you get when you come in here <laughs> that will turn you into who you're supposed to be. And until that happens, you'll fall for anything. He says, yet when Mark proved he, his renewed commitment to the gospel, Paul welcomed him back as a fellow laborer, and they reconciled. Helping people in need usually involves more than just prayer. They may need physical comfort, companionship, or mental stimulation for redeeming the time. The books may have been Paul's copies of the Old Testament scripture in Greek or the collection words of Jesus. Parchment probably refers to copies of Paul's letters or the costly animal hide sheets on which he wrote them. His cloak was a coat-like garment that also served as a, as, as, a blank, as a blanket. So he need, had some physical needs, some natural needs, because like I said, we, uh, he wasn't prepared. And who's prepared to go to, go to prison for serving Christ? <laughs> okay. And the other was, <laughs> what blesses me, what he asked for? He asked for spiritual things that was going to feed his soul and his spirit while he was in bondage. He asked for the Old Testament. That was the book. And he asked for the paper that he needed to write down the New Testament epistles that was, was giving, God was giving him in revelation in his spirit. And then he asked for something just to keep him warm. The basics. The basics is what he was asking for that will hold you in any time or any situation. And until we experience that, you can't even comprehend that understanding or, or seek to want to have those things to hold you. But you're going to find that all of the, the things, the comforts of the world, the cares of the world cannot hold you 
when you're being tormented by unclean spirits, lying spirits that go against what you say you believe. Okay? So, okay, back to uh, the Bible. I want to deal with some of these peace, uh, people in the Bible. Chrysan was uh, assigned to Galatia. And tradition says he founded the church in France. Titus and Dalmatia was, uh, was, is, is responsible for the church in what we call today modern Yugoslavia. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give out a little information as well as give some revelation, okay? In real trying times is when you will find out or see who are the faithful, committed servants of the Lord. Those who will roll up their sleeves and work under any situation for souls to be saved and delivered. Contrary to those servants who want to be known for their titles and work. So they come with stipulations and many restrictions. Are y'all listening? Okay. There's a difference of workers. Okay, I need to read that again. <laughs> Those who will roll up their sleeves and work under any situation for souls to be saved and delivered. Contrary to those servants who want to be known for their titles and the work that they do. So, therefore, those kind of people come with stipulations and many restrictions. I will do it under. I can't because of. This is why Matthew said, go to Matthew 9. Matthew 9, and, and we're going to focus on 37 and 38, and then I'm going to go back and read a little bit more. 37 and 38. And it says, Then say he unto his disciples, and this is Jesus speaking, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. You've heard me say, you don't need to pray for the souls that are out there. You need to pray for labors to go out there. Why? Because the Holy Spirit prepares the souls of unbelievers to hear the word. Once someone come to them with the word, we are drawn by the Holy Spirit. You don't come to Jesus because you one day decided. It has nothing to do with your decision. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit drawing you at the appropriate time. But the delay is because there's no labors out there to tell you about Jesus and the cross. Okay, now let me read the scriptures preceding this. 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, 
he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. Okay, let me see. They were weary. And were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Why? Because there was no one there but Jesus doing the work of the ministry. And then that's when he said, the harvest truly is plenteous. It's plenty of sinners. But where are the servants? The one who's supposed to labor among them. That is a problem of today. Even with all of the churches that we have. Because of the motive of people. Why they are doing what they're doing. And why they are even in ministry I got confirmation, affirmation from Jensen Services about what God has been speaking, speaking to me. And even on the word that he gave us for the new year, when I said, God says, we're in a testing time. The testing is, going, is to see who the remnant are going to be at the body of Christ. Because what Jensen talked on was about, about the um, olive tree that wasn't producing anything. And so he, he then purged it and, and, and plucked it and everything else. And then the last thing he said, he dunged it. D-U-N-G, you know what that means. Okay. Which talks about all the hell of life that comes against you. And, but because you're not rooted and grounded in the root it pulls you away from him. The cares of this world, which is all the things concerning life that's affecting you. We put those things far above our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let something out of my ordinary routine that I use to get myself to church comes up and I won't come because so you need to understand such and such happened I had so and so to do or this happened and oh my and pray for me where is our commitment unto the Lord who suffered for everything concerning our lives when do we learn to press beyond to get where we need to be? Just the pressing to get where you need to be. He shows up and he shows out. Okay, back to Timothy. There was another group of followers, different from those who just had fallen away because they really wasn't connected. See, that was that group that was interested in position and title and acknowledgement, okay, who had fallen away. But there was another group who fallen for different reasons. And that we find in verses 16 and 17 when, he's in, when he says that they had forsaken him. And, um, but he prayed God will have have mercy and not lay that to their charge. Why? Paul prayed for those who deserted him in the ministry because of their fear 
and not due to ill will. They were weak with no nerves. Well, how do you get your nerves? It's by being faithful to the word so he can manifest your faith. <laughs> See, you don't know how the outcome is going to be. You don't even know if you're going to feel better, but you just know God said. So you repeat what God says, and then he shows himself in the situation, and it elevates your faith to stand at a challenging time. Okay? Now, the first bunch he mentions in verses 9 and 10 were tied to the world. They were in church, had positions, but still tied to the world. And when it was time to step out from their comfort zone, they quit and turned back to what they were familiar with. But this group that Paul says for, for the Lord to um, not charge it to their hearts was at a time that, um, that they were fearful to step out because their faith hadn't been elevated. When the time became hard and challenging, they couldn't stand the test. And they got weary because they were fearful. The only way that we can get beyond any situation that we're facing now in the world, in our health, in relationships, in anything in life, excuse me, is that we must be connected to the gospel. It, stop looking for a microwave fix. Stop looking for some superman, superwoman that can pray you up out of stuff. It's not going to always happen. He, let, he graces us by answering a lot of stuff we ask for to woo us to him. Then he says, I want you to come off the milk and start eating meat. So when you're in a hard situation, which is the test, how you handle it is going to determine whether you get out or how you get out. He wants us to grow up. Because if we don't and we just want everything microwave, we, we, we want everything to always be right, we will falter. It would be very difficult. Let me tell you, help me, Holy Ghost. I ran across some spirits on that trip that God allowed our paths to meet, I guess, to strengthen me and to affirm. That was the highlight of my trip. <laughs> both in Georgia and in Florida. And that was to encourage me to keep on going, no matter how it looks. On one day, this little white gentleman in the store said, um, we're at the produce. And he asked about a certain vegetable. Did we know what it was all about? No. And he starts to proceed to tell us. And then he looked and he said, this is on the Sunday. 
look like you all just came from church. Well, now, you need to understand something because in those southern states, they don't dress. You know, like for church, like how you see traditional people dress. They dress like how we dress come in here. So for him to say that, he, he wasn't looking at dress. Oh, <laughs> glory, hallelujah, Jesus. And so we said, yes, we just came from Jensen's church. He was a member of the church. He said, this isn't about this. He pointed to the vegetable. He said, this is a d divine connection. We had church in the produce section. I'm serious. And let me tell you, I know he could care less about the surroundings because that man was caught up in the spirit of the Lord. But I was no longer aware about other people and what they were thinking. Because when I tell you, it was like a revival, okay, at that produce stand. And we weren't whispering and talking low. And, and we were laying hands on each other and praying and, I mean, just having a Holy Ghost good, good time. But he was bringing out so much revelation. And he spoke a word to me that has been spoken before uh, that I have not seen, ears have not heard what the Spirit of the Lord has in store. And <laughs> we didn't tell him we belonged to the church or any of that. He, we just said we just came from the church. And so, he, so he says to Loretta, not to me, he's looking directly at her in her eyes because she's facing him and I'm on the side of him. And he never looked over at me. And he said, don't ever leave that church. And she's not even a member of that church. But that was in my spirit. This is where y'all need to be. Okay? I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, praise the Lord. Yes, thank you. I'm doing all of this. And she's crying because her husband don't want to go to that church. Then he's, he says, I want you to pray for me. So she starts to praying. And I just put my hand on his back, and I was rubbing it back, back, down, up and down his back because the Lord was revealing to me there's a problem there. And she prayed, and she tried to cover different parts of his body. When we got through, he says, you pray for my eyes. And he's talked about the problem he's having with his eyes, Loretta. And you prayed, and, and, and you covered my back, and then he talked about the problem he's having with his back. I'm going to tell you how the spirit operates when you operate in his, in, in his spirit with the boldness, okay? So we moved away from that particular section in the produce and got to another one because we're trying to depart so we can leave out of the store, right? And he said, okay, one more thing. <laughs> He said, I'm trying <laughs> to let go. And so he says, because when he talked about um, don't leave the church, and I says, I don't live here. I, I, I live out of state. Okay. So then he says, so where are you from? And I said, Michigan. There was another white lady on the opposite side of the table. She says, Michigan, I was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> and so... 
she said, and I heard the word prayer. I want to be in on this too. <laughs> and it just got, it just got worse. I'm like, we're about to turn Kroger's out in Georgia. <laughs> but that was just um, one major occasion that happened on the trip that I had an encounter with. Amen. That just, just, just blessed my soul. But this man was sold out for Jesus. What he did with us in Kroger was his normal activity. Approaching people. Drawing people to Christ. And he kind of gave, gave me his um, history and data. Because when he, he used to live in New York. But I got his name. I wrote his name down to pray for his health. Based on what he's doing, you know the enemy wants to attack his health. And then he gave me two names of one of a grandson and of a grandchild that I'll uh, have to give to you to put on, on, on our prayer list. But um, we're, in a, we're in a special time that we need to be awakened to the spirit of the Lord and not life as usual. That's, that's the bottom line. Because, excuse me, I had way too many spiritual encounters, little small things. That, that was a big deal to me. But little small incidents all through that time that is, 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 is letting me know. It was, that was more impressive on me than the visiting of the people I went to see. Okay, so I don't know what God is up to what he's getting ready to do, but it's going to be great and mighty. And only those who are able to hang on when it doesn't, when it's looking bleak, is going to see the end results of what God is doing. Okay, um, back to verses 16 and 17, where I'm going to read my notes. Paul was at a time that no, no Christian doing his stand with Jesus was standing with him or with the truth. They were not standing by him. And this is when he had to go to court, before the court. But he had no Christian standing by him. And nevertheless, he never caved in, and he boldly defended the faith. There will be times when you will stand for real truth that you will be alone. I'm saying real truth. I'm not talking about church services and church activity, but I'm talking about for the real true gospel, you will be standing alone. Because you, you see, just like Satan was, uh, was behind all that was going on with Paul, not the Roman government. Satan was behind the things when he was being persecuted. <laughs> and even though none of the other Christian brothers and stuff was there with him, God was with him. And God fought the battle. So Paul won over this and he was able to overcome the enemy. And this is when he's, this is uh, the verses here when he says in 17 and uh, 18. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered 
out of the mouth of the lion. He's talking about Satan. And the Lord should deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me until his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So you see, Satan was behind all that was going on with Paul, but he stood and fought the battle. And that's why he was able to overcome. We have to be able to fight the good fight of faith. Nothing and no one can keep us from God's heavenly kingdom. When we stand faithfully, but we will experience physical challenges that will make us stronger if we hold on to God and not give up. We must remember our heavenly reward is far greater than this present world and its afflictions. Nothing is more important than getting the gospel truth out, for it is the soul's salvation. The gospel truth is the soul's salvation. And without it, we shall perish, soul, spirit, and body. Without the gospel truth, our whole total being, every three dimensions of our total being will perish. But with the gospel truth, following it, standing by it, living by it, when you pass, only your body will perish. Your soul and spirit will live on with Christ and you will be given a new glorified body in heaven. It may be difficult, it may be hard, but the reward is far worth it and it's everlasting. Whatever reward that you get here on earth that is a moment time to feel good cannot last. We must learn not to focus on feeling good, on our feelings. And how happy we are that we must be happy at all times. We must not focus on those shadow things. That is the trick of the enemy to weaken you, which will prevent you from standing on faith and pressing through the pain and hurt like Jesus did on the cross for our sins. Don't you realize the enemy wants you to focus on your woes? That's your whole conversation is on your woes, which keeps you blinded and deaf from the truth penetrating your soul, which will deliver you out of the discomforts that you're facing. That's why Paul said, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work in verse 18. And will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. Don't let the enemy deceive you with feelings all the time. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it exists. It is true. But nothing cannot overpower God. So you struggle and you fight with it and you declare you don't give in. That's why you don't look for churches that makes you physically feel good while your soul is going to hell in the handbasket because you're not in tune to what the real purpose. God didn't create church for us to just come in here and have a hand clapping good time. 
He created it for a place of refuge to learn, to grow, to come together as a, as a group, united together with fellowship. And you cannot do that on YouTube, Zoom, podcasts, and all the rest. You will not grow like you should grow. You will be premature. You're going to lack something. We grow when we come out and come together. In the last part of the scripture, Paul is acknowledging different people who are still working in the ministry. And what we need to, to understand is that in his first epistles that he had written, which was to uh, uh, First Thessalonians, he was addressing the church as a whole encouraging them you know all his letters starts out with the salutation of encouragement it closed with the salutation of encouragement and in between directions and instructions but this one was to the preachers this one was to the preachers because i'm gonna go back and all these names of people were preachers okay why for the church to be right the preachers must first be right so looking at a huge crowd of followers don't mean the church is right because the Lord is not calling for nothing but for us to walk and operate in truth. Not riches, not popularity, and not highly populated church buildings, but right Okay, let's go back to verses 19 to 22 when he's, he gives a salutation to all of these people, which were the saints who were still with him, who started out and was continuing on. And we're talking about the Greeks who became saved. Okay, a few Jewish people in here. There were uh, a few groups, and the first group was Priscilla and Aquila, Okay, which were uh, a place, their home was open to Paul during the time of his missionary journey. Okay, and uh, also Onesiphorus, uh, no, Onesiphorus, I guess is how you pronounce his name, was um, one who kept Paul refreshed often in his home and was not ashamed of Paul's chains due to imprisonment. Okay, Eratus was sent with Timothy from Ephesus to Macedonia. Trophimus and Titius represented the congregation in the province of Asia and the group that accompanied Paul when he brought the contribution from the congregation, congregation he had founded in the Messianic Jews in Jerusalem. Y'all remember, the, well, you Bible students remembered when uh, he was there trying to help this congregation, and he had to ask them to send money to help support the congregation. Okay, you find that in Acts 20, verse 4, and 21, verse 29. Okay, Irenaeus writes that Linus succeeded Peter as a leader of the Roman church so that the Roman Catholic church counts him the second pope. <laughs> 
and by tradition, Claudia was the wife of either Linus or Pudens. These are all of the people that from verses 19 through 21 that is spoke that Paul writes about in the chapter here, okay? Then in um, 22, which is the climax of it, Paul says, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. You understand what he's saying? Let the resurrected Christ live in you. If the resurrected Christ is living in you, you should be resurrected. How can the resurrected Christ live in us and we're downtrodden and all we have to talk about is our woes? He rose from the grave. He rose from the dead with new life glorified body. That means we can rise from any given situation. But you cannot come up and come out when your language is buried. If all you can talk about is the woes and the problems and the afflictions and that's all you ever talk about, I don't care how many people are interceding on your behalf, you are not going to come out. You, we have to change our language and declare what Jesus has already done for us and declare what is written in this word that tells us that what can happen to us when we speak the word. Jesus did not go on the cross and suffer the afflictions that he suffered for us to sit up and talk about them. He did it so we can overcome him. He did not get, come off that cross and be buried for naught. He was letting us know that everything that was persecuted and pressed on this cross is buried and cannot be resurrected. But I come out resurrected, glorified, Hold because the grave couldn't hold me. Is the grave holding you? As long as you rehearse the hell that you're facing, you're in the grave. Rise up. Declare. Regardless to what you feel. Regardless to what you face. Declare what thus says the Lord. Not your senses. They change like the weather. So as Paul said, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. And praise the Lord. And I'll do the benediction. Lord Jesus, don't let us falter and waver. Keep us mindful of who you are, Jesus, and what your word has to say. Help the saints who are struggling to be true 
to their faith. Send your angels out to those who have turned to draw them back to you, Father. <sighs> Reveal to us how to hold on to your truth and not this world system, not the things that we face, but to hold on to your face so that we don't miss out. We don't want to hear, I never knew you. We want to hear thy good and faithful servant. I know there's only going to be a remnant, but God, we want to be part of that remnant. We don't want to be left behind. We want to learn how to overcome while we're here in this world. So I pray, Father, that you will continue to keep us enlightened and encouraged to rise, to rise above the afflictions in this world and to realize your kingdom, which is righteousness, joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost. So I pray, Father, that everyone under the sound of my voice will be blessed and encouraged by your spirit. And when they leave here, they won't forget what you have spoken to them in their, in their spirits. They will hold on to this truth and also spread the truth with others so that they can come into the knowledge and the saving grace of who Jesus is. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.